What's good, everyone? For all you football fans out there, this is my first NFL podcast here on Scout Team Sports. I am your host, DeValian. Uh, this episode was supposed to be out two weeks ago, um, but for one thing, I have to um, have a family to care for, and uh, two, um, I've had a battle and still battling with um, um, a little bit of COVID here. Um, so, uh, yeah, just getting into my state of the NFL and uh, just, you know, how I wanted to cover this this off season and how I wanted to cover this season that's coming up. Um, you know, we're going to get into it, um, talk about a lot of things here. But, you know, first off, the bad is, you know, with with what's going on with COVID and, you know, people still catching it and it's still coming out. And it's like, it's like, how do you. You know, I guess it's everybody's question. How do you function? And I guess you you just try to move forward, but it's it's the thing. It's a thing where it's like, I love football. I love football. I love NFL. But honestly, I don't think there should be a season this year. I'm still gonna cover it. I still love football. This is still my dream. I started this podcast because of a dream that I have, and I'm never gonna give it up. But I also am very aware of 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 myself and people around me and and for the state of people in general um the players themselves and and their families are included and fans and everything i i I don't think there should be a season but we're still going to cover we're still going to get into it but you have to talk about these factors because all these factors affect what's about to happen so i mean you you think about first off all the things that have happened during this off season uh, you know, the drafts to all the transactions to uh, the biggest thing where uh, that I look at is players opting out of this upcoming season, um, getting the $350,000 ch- uh, salary if they have underlying medical conditions and they're getting the $150,000 uh, salary if they don't, but they still want to opt out because they have other people and families that they have to look after and they don't want to bring the virus to them. And you think about how football is going to be played, you know, just like basketball, it's a physical sport, but even more physical and even more violent. And so the fact that, you know, there's going to be blood involved, there's going to be, you know, harsh contact, breathing on each other or tackling and all that stuff involved. I mean, and then you want to try to let in a limited amount of fans into it. And it's like, you know, even if, they don't have symptoms. There's so many people that are probably asymptomatic. It's like, why would you even take that risk as a league? Um, but going back to the whole um, players that are opting out, this isn't just, you know, your average players or your lowest salary players. These are high, high value players, you know, and they might not be the star player, um, but high value players are still opting out. It's like, you know, and it's like, you want to make predictions and you want to say, oh, well, you know, the Patriots are, you know, their defense is going to be, you know, do this, 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 and this. How are they going to do that without Dante Hightower? How are they going to do that? They're not going to be the same, even if you put somebody in his place. I already, I understand that's the team mentality and that's what you have to do next man up. But the next man up, ain't, I guarantee you, I don't even know his name, but he ain't nearly as good as Dante Hightower. No disrespect. But when you lose a piece like that, how can you then say what your defense is going to be like? The Giants lose Nate Solder. He, he opts out. 
Christian man, totally respect that, and he's doing it for the good of his family. He's made money already. He's he's done what he's what he's done. And you know, as bad as the the Giants have been, um, in recent years, Nate Solder is still one of the guys. He's probably their best offensive lineman. He's probably their best offensive lineman. So, you know, it's already tough enough for Saquon Barkley coming back from a you know from a, I think it was a foot injury, um, and then you know having to run behind an O-line that he might not be that confident in, but now he loses his most confident piece in front of him in Nate Solder. So it's like, okay, Nate Solder's gone. You got other guys from other teams who are opting out. And it's like, how do you assess coming into a season how good teams are when so many players um, are opting out of this season? And it's like, why, why even do that? But we're, we're, we're assessing it. We're doing the best that we can here. But, yeah, it's really hard. You know, it's always hard to because you don't know what a, a team is going to be like. And they got to gel after the first couple games. And I dare say after the first couple games, you still might not know what team you got, what kind of team you have, whatever your favorite team is by, you know, midway through the season. Because there are guys who you would expect to be there, who you have confidence in that are going to do their part and do their job. And they're not there and for valid reasons. Um, so, you know, and other key players that you might not know their names, but just because they're not superstars doesn't mean they're not a vital piece of the team. You know, that offensive lineman that everybody relies on, everybody already knows he's going to get his blocks. Uh, that defensive lineman uh, that's always going to at least make a couple of tackles, that you know, always stuffs the middle, is, is he gone? That key edge rusher, that uh, linebacker, defensive back, wide receiver, tight. Like, people are gone from all different positions and for different teams, and the value of those is only known specifically uh, to the most, for the most part, to that particular team. And you don't know how that's going to affect them moving forward throughout this season. So, I mean, you think about that. Then you think about the next thing you think about is, or I think about, is with uh, this wild and wacky, um, unfortunately it's not a good thing, um, offseason that we've had, injuries. We all know what happened the last time the NFL had a lockout and then they didn't have a regular offseason. And then all of a sudden they came and tried to start the season a little late. There was all these injuries happening. There's already injuries happening right now. I've seen... Um, just recently, Von Miller suffered a dislocated per- perennial or not pectoral perennial tendon in his ankle. So they're not saying how long he's done. Um, you know, I don't I don't know. I don't know why um, the Vikings even had Hunter. Um, yeah, he's been placed on IR, but he should have been, play, been placed on IR. Like as soon as they found out, I don't understand why that was a delay there. Um, just, and like I said, different players, it's like, okay, now players are getting injured. And once we get started into the season, I'm not trying to wish bad things on anybody. Definitely wouldn't wish bad things on NFL players, but it's just, they're going to get injured because it's not the normal ramp up to the season. Number one, because of COVID, because of people staying home, you're training and you're not training as much as you would with your team. I mean, there's, there's, everything goes on during the summer for the NFL. 
um, for the teams themselves. I mean, there's 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 mini camps, there's OTAs, there's interviews, there's this, there's that, and not going through that regular regimen disrupts things. And then you try to get into a season, and it's like they'll never admit it because they're professionals, and they should never um, admit it because that's a team thing, and you don't want to destroy the morale of the team. But a lot of these players probably aren't ready for the season. That's just the truth. They're not physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually ready for the season. Like all that, all that stuff's got to be ready to go. I understand certain things like other things in life happen, but the way that this pandemic has hit everybody, a lot of these guys aren't ready for the season and it's going to show. You might have a couple of guys that are like, okay, I'm good because I don't need to go through an OTAs. You know, the superstars don't need all these repetitions and things like that. But specifically when you talk about the preseason, the preseason is not for fans. I understand they wanted to cut those games down to two games, um, you know, because of preseason is too long and people don't like it. And what is it doing? Look, I ain't tripping because I don't I don't watch the preseason myself. I don't. But I don't trip because I know it's not for me as a fan. It's not for me. It's for the team. The team has this enormous roster and they have to make roster cuts and try to make sure that they select the best guys that they drafted or that they signed um, to stay on their team going forward, moving into the season. Preseason is for them. And there was no preseason. No preseason means there's going to be injuries, more injuries this year. So and more, no preseason means that it's going to take longer for these guys to gel. Remember, we got new guys on these teams. So these new guys are are thrust right into what their start starting role for the start of the season is going to be, as opposed to going through week one preseason, week two preseason, week three preseason, and trying to figure out, okay, what's the best fit for this guy? What's the best fit for this guy? What's the best fit for this guy? What package is he best in? You don't really have any chance to do any of that. And so, I mean, I wouldn't be upset if I saw some sloppy football. Now, I know you say it's the NFL. That won't happen. Yes, it can happen. And with injuries, I mean, hey, who's to say what's going to happen? Um, but, yeah, no preseason is not good for the teams themselves. Even if you have veteran players who don't want to play the preseason and sit out the preseason, those veteran players, those superstar players are not the only players on the team. And they're not the only ones who are needed in order for their teams to be successful. You need all the guys ready to go. And some of those guys, the new guys and guys who are second year, third year, they need the preseason. They need the preseason to prove themselves. They need the preseason to get better at what they already uh, are good at. They need the preseason to get in the groove for the actual season. And I've been through I've been through uh, high school football, community college football, minor league football myself. It's one thing to be always going up against your own guys, your own teammates. But until you actually get to hit somebody else, it really doesn't it really it's, it's a difference. There's a real difference because you know that you got to hesitate or you got to hold off or you can't go too hard, even though the coach will judge you for not going hard, but you don't, but then he says, don't hurt the quarterback. It's like, okay, but you said go hard, but you want me to show you something, but you telling me to restrain myself. Like what? It's just, this is stupid, but I understand you had to do it in practice because you can't hurt your own guys, but then you still got to go hard and show the coach that you want that starting spot or you want this particular spot. But then when you get to hit other guys in a scrimmage game 
or you get to hit other guys in a preseason game or an exhibition game, then it's like, okay, gloves are off. Let me do what I can do and really show coach what's up. Um, but you can't do that with no preseason. And so now coaches have to make their best decisions on who to put in and who to start in games, even though they haven't seen them play enough against non-teammates. The, 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 it's just as much for the players and it's also for the coaches to see, okay, this young player against this uh, preseason, in this preseason game, this young player did this, this, and this, and we know what we can do with him now. We know what we see what he does against, uh, um, we see what this particular receiver does um, when he's uh, in uh, up against man coverage or when he's up against zone coverage. We see that now. And we see it against a team that doesn't know who he is. You know, it's different when he's going up against his own teammates and they're showing him different looks to try to get him ready. But when a team that doesn't know him and he's got to go up against the unknown, that's really what it's about. Then we see what we can do, what he can do, how he reacts to those things. They haven't had any of this. And so, yeah, I feel the worst for the rookies this year because the rookies don't have a preseason. The rookies didn't have a preseason. And it's like, what are you what are they supposed to what are they expected to to accomplish now? What are they expected to do to where it's like, okay, this hasn't been, even if they were to have scrimmaged against, you know, some other teams secretly or something like that, there hasn't been, there hasn't been any type of just normalcy within the NFL. So it's like, why are we all of a sudden going to just assume that everything's going to be back to normal once we start week one? It's not. It's not going to be back to normal when it comes to week one. So, I mean, there's that. Um, You know, then you have all these uh, different players now on different teams. So they're not, when you go to a different team, you got to learn a different system. You got to learn a different coach. You got to learn different teammates. You got to learn this is their way of doing things, whether it's the Raider way, the Patriot way, the Titans way, the the Panthers way, the Packers way, the Niners way, whatever case may be, you got to learn how they do things. And so even if you are a veteran or you are a seasoned athlete, a pro uh, NFL player, you're going into a new atmosphere. And so you got to learn things and you don't get to learn them in the typical regimen that you should learn them in, in order to be successful as successful as you can be. So there's so many things going on with this season, man. It's like, wow, like, whoa. It's like, you know, I'm not, I ain't even trying fantasy football this year. It's like, what's the point? What's the point of even trying fantasy football this year? Somebody's going to get lucky and they're going to get a quarterback that nobody thought was going to do anything. And they're just going to light it up. And same thing with running back, receiver, defense, whatever. I don't care because it's not the same. It's not, it's not what it should be. So it's like, you know, the first game of the season, Christian McCaffrey could go up against, uh, a weak defense, and it's like, oh, yeah, I know Christian McCaffrey is going to be great. Hey, but, yeah, but you didn't know that Christian McCaffrey was going to light it up for 500 yards rushing. <laughs> I know that's exaggerating, but the fact that it's not going to be the same, and who's to say? I think they're facing the Saints first. How do we know that everybody from the Saints is going to be ready to go or that they haven't had anybody on the defense that has opted out uh, of this season? That's going to affect it. It's like, you know, when it comes to stats, the people who are gone, the people who are not there, the people who are injured, that's going to inflate other players' numbers. 
and stats, and it's going to deflate other players' numbers and stats. So then it's like, okay, are you getting a real product? Are you getting the real thing? And it's like, whoever wins the Super Bowl, I know nobody likes to hear this, but whoever wins the Super Bowl, to me, is going to have an asterisk next to it. Because you're not facing who you normally would face. It's like if you put it in a video game and you say, uh, well, you place in the, in, in you, you play the video game and then you put all the, you know, you put all the stars on your team and then you put a bunch of clones and a bunch of rookies on the other team. Of course, you're going to demolish that team. It, but it's the same thing here because it's like when certain key players are not around, you know, Zeke, Zeke Elliott knows that he, you know, in a, in a zone run blocking scheme, he knows what holes are going to be open and what holes are not going to be open. But then if there's a certain guy on the other side of the football who he thinks is going to be there waiting for him for some contact and that person's not there, then he's got free reign to go. Or vice versa, if it's somebody on the uh, defense that's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting, I'm expecting this left tackle to give me some headache, but I got to get to this quarterback. You know, I'm expecting, uh, this left tackle who's a all pro who's been there for 10 years, whatever. It's going to be a fight. We're going to fight it out, but I'm going to get past and get to the quarterback. He's not there. That left tackle's not there. So now all of a sudden this edge rusher's got free reign to terrorize his quarterback because he's facing a rookie left tackle who has had no preseason, who has had no, you know, real training against another team um, other than his own teammates, and now he's going to run rough shot on the quarterback and possibly take out the quarterback for an end of season. All of that stuff is so possible with everybody in place. Think of how much more is going to be possible without those people in place. So, it's, it's, man, and I know I'm going 100 miles an hour, but I love football, and this is something I, you know, I've always wanted to do, and I'm finally pursuing my dream after talking about it for so long and having so many setbacks, and um, and coming back from those setbacks, and uh, but yeah, I, I I know I'm going 100 miles an hour, but you know, is this things these are these are things that concern me, um, as far as a football season and more even above football, I care about human beings, I care about human beings in general. And I just think for the safety, I don't think there should be a season. But like I said, um, the season is here. You know, we're going to go. We're going to ride along with it. So we're going to go as good as we can um, with the factors that are presented to us. So, yeah, I've talked about COVID. I've talked about players opting out. talked about no preseason. Um, and then I'm going to get into next uh, on the other side of this break, I'm going to get into uh, what I think is the determining factor for this first Thursday night football game between the Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs. And again, that will be on the other side of this break. But first, a word from our sponsor. Scout Team Sports, and we're right back at it, talking about this upcoming Thursday night football game that is the first game of the season for week one of this 2020 NFL season. You've got the Texans taking on the Chiefs, um, a matchup of this previous uh, playoffs uh, and where the Texans were up by 24 points and they allowed the Chiefs to come all the way back and beat them 
by a score. I think the final score was 51 to 24. Um, but yeah, the, the Chiefs defense stepped it up as much uh, flack as the Chiefs defense got all throughout the season. The Chiefs defense stepped it up in the playoffs uh, every time and um, held off the, their, their opponents to where uh, Pat Mahomes and company could get back in the lead. And uh, that was a thing that you know, I was surprised and they, you know, I figured somebody would have figured something out to where it's like, okay, well, they're starting slow every game, but then they pick it back up. At some point, you've got to figure out how to stop them from catching back up, from picking back up steam. But nobody was able to do that in the playoffs last year. Um, and when it comes to these teams, and again, we're going off of the best we can with not knowing exactly every single player from the Chiefs and from the Texans who is not playing because they've opted out of the season, who is not playing because of injury. Um, with this game, I'd have to go with the Chiefs just because it seems like they still they have more weapons um, to work with. Pat Mahomes has more weapons to work with, definitely, than um, than Deshaun Watson. Of course, the biggest thing is not having DeAndre Hopkins anymore, which was the, one of the dumbest moves in the world. Um, I guess because the coach couldn't get along with them, and um, you move D Hop off to uh, Arizona, which is going to be, a, I mean, hey, I, I'm pretty sure Kyler Murray rolled out the red carpet when D Hop came, you know, talking about how we're going to be best buddies, and <laughs> because I mean, I mean. I mean, kid did uh good for his rookie season. Kyler Murray did good for his rookie season, even without uh, a primary weapon. And you know, you can't really call you know all due respect to um all due respect to uh uh Larry Fitzgerald. I wouldn't call him a number one option anymore. He's still valuable. He's still valuable to the leadership of that team. But other than that, who did they really have? For Kyler Murray to throw to reliable, now he has D Hop as his number one wide receiver. I mean, good night. That only spells more problems for the rest of the teams in NFC West. And like I said, if it wasn't for their poor defense, uh, the Cardinals would have won at least maybe four or five more games because they were in games, close games, even twice with the Niners. Their Kyler Murray was able to score on the Niners' defense. Let that sink in for a couple seconds. Twice he faced them, and he was able to score on them. The reason they lost those is because the Cardinals had no defense. So if you actually get a formidable defense, and now you get even more amped-up firepower with De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins as his number one wide receiver, I mean, good night. The, the Cardinals, I mean, uh, amidst if this was a regular season that was about to happen, a regular, regular season, then I would, man, I'd be definitely be picking – Either D-Hop or Kyler Murray on my fantasy team for sure because they're going to light it up. I mean, you know, I mean, D-Hop probably didn't want to leave the Texans, but he goes from good quarterback to younger but still good quarterback. Um, but if you go back to the Texans, the only thing they did to replace him was get Brandon Cooks. And I've liked Brandon Cooks for a long time, but um, with him hopping around to so many teams, it's like, okay, why is that happening? I'm starting to think, okay, maybe some of these teams don't know how to use him. But then, uh, to a certain extent, is it him? Um, and it shows right here that he is he has a quad injury, and he's questionable for even starting against the Chiefs. So if he's questionable, not even 100%, no, Deshaun Watson doesn't have a shot. He's going to be running for his life, 
if it's if his offensive line isn't that good, or even if it isn't is that good, good even if it is better, is he still gonna be running for his life because he's not gonna have anybody with Will Fuller to throw to. So and, and Will Fuller can't stay healthy for a whole season. So it's like ah, what are you what are you doing to Deshaun Watson? That's not fair to him. Um, and then, but you give him David Johnson, I guess they maybe they're gonna go old school and just start doing running the football. They're gonna be a running, running, running the football and play defense type of team, I guess, because you ain't gonna be able to get it done with Deshaun Watson because he doesn't have his weapons. And what you did to replace one of the best wide receivers in the game was not. It wasn't. It doesn't even measure up. It's not even close to measuring up. I think Brandon Cooks, I, he was good, and I was liking him up until he um, took that really bad hit. It was a legal hit, but he took uh, it, it was a legal hit, but it was a hit that just rocked him and took him out of the game when he was in the Super Bowl with the Patriots against the Eagles. And he took that hit. He was running away from one defender, didn't see the other defender, the safety on the other side of him, and knocked the crap out of him, and he was done. And he's not that big of a guy. So it's like, yeah, this is not even fair to the Texans. Even if they have a better defense and a running game, the way the the rules are now, they benefit the passing game and a defense and edge rushers. So I have to go with the Chiefs on this one. I really do think it's unfair to Deshaun Watson. But as a prediction, it's the Chiefs. I don't think it's even close. Um. Yeah, so all these other things going on. Surprised um, that the Rams would do this because I, I I figured that the Rams had kind of learned their lesson when it came to signing only a few players to a boatload of money. And it's like it's almost like they just want to put butts in the seats for this new stadium or something like that, which they know they really can't do because of the pandemic. But then here it is. You already got... Uh, Jared Goff, your quarterback, on a multi-year, multi-multi-multi-million dollar deal. You had to let go of Todd Gurley because you had him on a lot of money, and he was his injuries were kind of plaguing him, and so you just felt it was best to move on. But you're still paying him dead money. You paid Aaron Donald, which rightfully so you should have. But now, record contract for Jalen Ramsey. The Rams Inc. cornerback Jalen Ramsey to a $105 million deal. Are you kidding me? I know he got what he wanted, but good night. I didn't think he was going to get it from the Rams. Because now it's like, okay, your star quarterback, your star defensive tackle, and now what you considered your star cornerback um, who do you have do you have any money left to pay any other good players like, <laughs> I'm like seriously can you name anybody else on the team the only guys that I can name that I can think of on the Rams is Cooper Cup who I guess you would call him their number one receiver and he's not get hasn't got paid yet and I don't know if he can get paid or maybe they're just going to try to pacify him with a much smaller contract and then um woods the other receiver other than that who else can you name uh credible on their offense who else can you name credible on their defense Uh 
But then it's like you put all of this money into a few players and it's like, I mean, that to me, that was the reason why for the longest time, you know, they still got problems and other problems and stuff. But for the longest time, I was like, what is taking the Detroit Lions so long to get good? What is it taking the Detroit Lions so long to get competitive? And then I found out it's because they had all their money sewn up in Matthew Stafford and Megatron. They didn't have any money to pay any other good players. So it's like, I understand that you can't, everybody can't be the Patriots. I get that. And I really don't ascribe to the Patriots way in terms of, they don't pay nobody. They don't get nobody no money. And then they pay only the quarterback. Like, I don't ascribe to that because other players deserve their, their just due. But you can't give them too much to the point where it's like, okay, you can't pay any other uh, players who are your key role players and who are your behind the scenes or don't get any credit players, but they do all the dirty work type players. You have to have something for them or else you're just going to get, you know, the bottom of the barrel or you're going to get the average. And then when these stars are injured or when these stars don't live up to what they you think they should every single game or critical games, then those guys who you need to pick up the slack are not competent enough to do that. And then what do you look like? I mean, I guess it's just, I mean, it's an L.A. thing they want to do. I mean, because they got the money because the, the the owner is that rich. Um, uh, was it uh, Cronky? Yeah, it's Cronky. And it's like, wow, five years, $105 million for a cornerback, for a defensive back, 71 Point two million guaranteed, highest paid defensive back in NFL history. I understand things are going up, but man, it was. I mean, it was a trip to see. It was a trip to see Darrell Revis have to argue for his money. Darrell Revis, I don't from from what I remember, Darrell Revis. Um, was trying to get big money and there was a there was a conflict with that. Um Jalen Ramsey ain't on the level of Darrell Revis. At least not yet. He's good, but he ain't on that level yet. And it's like it's like he just benefits from being in this era of football now. There's so many guys that are just benefiting from being in this era of football where it's like I know players that are at you know whatever year of However long Jalen Ramsey has been in the NFL, Darrell Revis at that same juncture is deserving of $71.2 million guaranteed and a $105 million contract. Jalen Ramsey is working his way up to that, but he ain't there yet. But it really, I guess, is really just about who you land with and what that particular team is willing to pay you. That's really all it comes down to because you're seeing so many guys get these record-breaking contracts, and it's like, hold up. I know so-and-so is better than him, and he didn't get that. I know so-and-so is better than him, and he didn't get that. I know so-and-so is better than him, and he didn't get that. I was like, man. I'm like, seriously, what do you do with that much money wrapped up in one guy? Like, what are you supposed to do with the rest of your DBs? Is he a leader? Is he a guy that's a good teammate? I need to know all that stuff. I'm hoping they know that stuff. And it's not fair to assume that they do. Because every organization doesn't make smart decisions. So don't 
Don't think of me and don't be responding to me like, of course, man, they're the NFL. They do this. They got executive. No, 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 no. Every organization is, does not make smart decisions. And every organization does not make smart business decisions. So you can't just assume that just because they're a multi-million dollar organization that they made a smart, educated, wise decision. And yeah, a lot of it's based on chance, hoping that the player will do what they do. But there have been players who people knew, organizations knew they were kind of a head case. They were kind of a baby. And I'm not saying Jalen Ramsey, those things, but I'm just stating things like there are organizations that knew what they were getting into and they still paid the guy anyway. And it, and it blew up in their faces. Or there are guys who they knew they believed were had all the right tools. And yes, he meant well, but then something happened mentally or something happened physically or something happened to where it's like now they're paying him a bunch of dead money, a bunch of guaranteed money. And man, I'm like these guaranteed contracts are just and it's not a fully guaranteed contract. But I mean, I mean, it's the same. It's the same thing as saying a 72 million dollar fully guaranteed contract i mean guys do you realize this he only has to work for maybe a third was just doing a math on top of my head he only has to work for maybe a quarter of his actual contract three quarters of his contract is guaranteed he doesn't have to work for it he just gets that automatically it's a guarantee Regardless if he gets injured, which he's already been injured, regardless if he doesn't play well and gets benched, regardless, he's getting that $72 billion coming his way, guarantee. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess because, you know, they saw Darius Slay got, you know, Darius Slay got his money. And then it's like, oh, hold on, I'm better than Darius Slay. You have to give me what the market is. Wow. I mean, Rams, you really think you're going to win a Super Bowl with all your money sewn up in three guys? Or even so much of your money sewn up in three guys? Man. And then you're in a, a division with the Niners. And the Seahawks and the up and coming Cardinals. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. I'm not I'm not hating on Jalen Ramsey. I'm glad a brother got paid. I'm glad a brother got his money. I'm glad a, a brother is now, just like Aaron Donald said, uh now he could tell his mom that she don't have to work no more. That's a great feeling. I wish I could have that feeling. So I'm not hating on Jalen Ramsey himself. I'm just thinking about as the organization, if you're trying to win Super Bowls, I don't think this is the way. At least not this much money to where you can't get a good team. You have to put a team on the field. You have to put a good product of a football entire team on the field. Not just a couple of players. A couple of players are not going to win you a Super Bowl. You might could do that in the NBA and build a super team with three guys who are superstars or four guys who are superstars. You can have four superstars on an NFL team. That does not guarantee a Super Bowl at all, especially with a season where you got so many people um, 
so many people just opting out and not playing. You don't know what's going to happen. Teams who you thought were going to be good might suck. Teams who you thought sucked are going to be really good. The numbers going to be inflated and deflated based off of all these factors that we normally would not be dealing with for an NFL season. But, man, congrats to Jalen Ramsey, man. Now he's taken care of and his family's taken care of, and you know, I'm happy for him in that regard. Uh, man, so this uh, 2020 season is underway, will be underway tomorrow. Like I said, I already made my prediction. Uh, Chiefs over to Texans. Um, Deshaun Watson is not going to have any weapons. Uh, his best weapon is Will Fuller, and Will Fuller has not shown that he can stay healthy throughout a season. They got Cooks, and um, his quad is questionable. Um, they got David Johnson. Is David Johnson the Johnson of old? We don't know. Um, but I haven't heard anything detrimental on the side of the Chiefs, so you got to go with the Chiefs. But, man, that's how this NFL 2020 season is going to get kicked off. I'm going to stay with you the whole way. I'm going to record as much as I can, um, and I'm going to get as much content out to you as I can. Like I said, it's a fight health-wise for me, um, but I'm going to push through it and do what I can. Um, but hoping that this... Um, even though I don't think it should be happening, but hoping hoping that uh, this NFL season uh, can be something that we can somewhat enjoy. And I'm just praying that everybody stays safe. So all you out there, believe until you stop breathing. I appreciate my subscribers. Please like, please listen, uh, please share and subscribe. Once again, this is Devalian with Scout Team Sports. I will be back with you on Friday morning. Um, talking about this game, recapping uh, this Thursday night football game, and then giving some predictions and a little bit of analysis for the remaining games of week one, which will happen on Sunday and the Monday night football games. Again, believe until you stop breathing. This is The Valiant with Scout Team Sports. We'll see you in the next episode.